Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness, Freeman Mazda Hyundai. Streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! Today, we will pick up our State of the Unit Series cornerbacks. See, we got a hater in the house already, man. Part two, we're talking cornerbacks. We're going to dive into each one individually and talk about them as a whole. I think they could be better. I think they can be better than they were last year, and I think last year they were pretty damn good, contrary to popular belief. We'll dive into some numbers. We'll dive into the All-Pro, Trevin Diggs. We'll get into the guy that people love to hate, Anthony Brown. We'll talk about Jay Lou. And yes, we'll have to bring up Kelvin Joseph. He is a part of this unit, and he is a part of the reason why it could potentially be better, but it all depends on a few different things. So uh, we got a good show lined up today. I love doing this State of the Union. I told y'all that already. One of my favorite series to do. But it is June 7th, 2022. A lot of cool things going on this week. If you are in the Dallas area and you're looking for something to do, head down to Frisco. They're doing the Reliant Home Run Derby uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. The players will be there and things like that. I'm going to be there. So if you're there, hit me up on Twitter. uh, Let me know. And if I see you, man, I'll try to give you some of these tickets to the celebrity softball games this Saturday. So a lot of cool things going on in Dallas this week in regards to the Cowboys and whatnot. And uh, I would love to see you guys there. But uh, shout out to the Bomb Squad. Bomb Squad! Appreciate y'all being up in here. We got D-Shift, TC915, Professor O, uh, Brian Bradford, Alpha Mason, Iceberg Q, Manny, Gregory, Toxic Tom, Downey Burnham. Hey, Toxic Tom, somebody on Twitter... Took your swag a little bit, man. Shout out to the, I think it's DC4L on Twitter. I, I, I'm not sure his handle. So instead of using, instead of using my draft picture, he used the picture from yesterday's Vach Lombardi show, <laughs> Vach Lombardi show where I was winking. Hilarious, man. Hilarious. Uh, Lemitra, what's up? Who else we got in? James Ruff, Kel Randall, Joe T. I need to get that name right, man. Over on Facebook. Uh, Gregory Matish was good. Jarvis, Ghostface, Thriller, what up? Uh, Oscar Sullivan, James Ruff. I'll, I'll shout you out, big pun, because, hey, you're here in the morning. In a way, you're part of the bomb squad because the bomb squad is here in the morning. They get those notifications, and they some of y'all don't even probably get the notifications. Y'all just know I come in here about 820 or something. Uh, but big pun forever is a, is a, a Eagle fan, so... It is what it is. Uh, Antoine Swain. Who else we got in here? D.A. Lee, Jesse Falls. Uh, set it off Chris in the building. Gotti Baby was good. Anthony Moore, 68-1. Boy, cash money was good. Uh, who else? C. Nicks. Y'all are definitely coming through early. I appreciate that. I truly do. And if you miss it, we are now getting the uh, podcast audios back up on Apple, on um, all the podcasts. Uh, networks that you can you can find them on Spotify, all that good stuff. So if y'all miss it, y'all know what it is. Hashtag run that thing back. What's up, Peasy? 
Jake the Great, Mr. Radborn. Man, y'all in here. I love it. I love it. It was good, Sully. Good stuff lined up today, and I want to hear your thoughts. So if you can, if you want to, call in 351-999-3787 as we let this thing build up a little bit more. Um, in the roundup, we also got the Rams throwing around some more money, and a Cowboy player actually had a little something to say about that, and I, I got a little something to say about that as well. So uh, we'll get in into it when it comes to this salary cap and whatnot. And before we do, for those who are here and know my intro to the morning roundup, those that are privy or, or know who the actual first voice is, I believe it's the first voice, is Vader. And I had to rock my Vader shirt today uh, in honor of him. Rest in peace. He passed away, I think, last year or, or a year and a half ago. Um, one of the best big men there were. So, Without further ado, it's time. It's time. It's Vader time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Yes, indeed. This is the Morning Roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness Solution for your fitness goals. Where they're just more than a fitness club, they provide the tools, support, and resources you need to achieve your goals. So check out any of the 13 different locations in the DFW area. Very beautiful facilities, state-of-the-art equipment, state-of-the-art resources, or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com. Well, well, well. <laughs> How the turntables, as my guy says on the office. No, seriously, there's no turning tables here. This, this is what the Rams do. But Aaron Donald received a $95 million contract restructure. And are we are we the least bit surprised? The Rams, this is what they do. They, they just know how to massage the cat they just do but um here's a little clip from charles robertson's article on yahoo kind of detailing aaron donald's deal donald's rework deal has a total value of 95 million dollars which is 40 million dollars more than he was previously scheduled to make it also includes a 65 million dollar guarantee which outpaces the 63 million dollars the rams quarterback Matt Stafford received earlier in the offseason. Sir, the defensive tackle got more than the quarterback. Man. And again, this is just along the same lines of what the Rams have been doing um, over the years, and that's, you know, shelling out big money to their to their top guys. And this is the top guy. I mean, he's drafted in 2014, and... He's been to the Pro Bowl eight times, All-Pro seven times, Super Bowl champion, three-time Defense Player of the Year. Uh, after the Super Bowl, I think we came on the show and argued the only competition for Aaron Donald are people who aren't playing this game anymore. Like, there is no competition for Aaron Donald in the league. His competition is LT and Reggie White. 
Aaron Donald is arguably the greatest defensive player of all time. And the only reason why you may not say he is is because of guys like LT who essentially changed the game, right? But if we're talking about eras, if we're talking about 80s, 90s, 2000s or whatever, Aaron Donald's the greatest defensive player in the 2000s. I don't even know how that's arguable, in my opinion. There are some other greats, the Ray Lewis's, the Ed Reed's and things like that. That's no knock on them. But Aaron Donald's dominance is equivalent to Shaq, in my opinion. People might not call Shaq the greatest player of all time. They're probably not going to call Aaron Donald the greatest player of all time. But they call Shaq the most dominant player they've ever seen. And that's kind of how I look at Aaron Donald, man. I think he's the greatest defensive player in the 2000s. Truly do. Truly do. Uh, Toxic says I can beat up Aaron Donald. Reggie White, Bruce Smith, LT, we're on another level. So is Aaron Donald. Like, so is Aaron Donald. We had this conversation, Matisse, months ago. I, I guarantee you, go put up Aaron Donald's statistics, accomplishments, play against... I would just put Reggie and LT. Salute to Bruce Smith, but put his their accomplishments and their attributes to the game with Aaron Donald he's in that realm and that's it like there's probably those three over the last what 30 years 35 years uh, whatever it's been in the 80s with Reggie so yeah these shift Donald's on that white LT level that that's that's his only competition now he's got some more years to play to try to surpass it but that's really his only competition right now but that's that's a different different thing i'm going off there on aaron donald i just think he's, he's just amazing here's what J. Ron curse had to say about the rams shelling out money it must only be a salary cap for the 31 teams because the rams have their way i took the twitter and i was like huh i wonder if that if that might be a little bit of a shot at stephen jones here's stephen jones right here i'm cooked <laughs> i'm cooked <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, of, a tiny bit of a shot, I think, at Steven. But obviously, he's talking about, you know, all 31 teams. But yeah, man, the Rams just know how to, to work that cap. And I know what y'all going to say, some of y'all. What's going to catch up to him, Sky? Where's my clock button? I don't even got my clock button no more. <laughs> I'm still waiting for it. I'm still waiting for it. And if they come away with... Three Super Bowl trips and two Super Bowl rings or three Super Bowl trips and a Super Bowl ring out of all this money spending and this these trades. You'd be lying if you said you wouldn't take that. You'd be lying. So the Rams at it again, but we saw this coming. AD said, hey, listen, man, I got my money. I'll retire. That's big time leverage, but. Shout out to Cole Patterson, uh, our A to Z article spotlight today. He talked about Dalton Schultz potentially having some leverage. He says, where Cowboys pass catcher holds leverage in contract dispute. Now, let me just say this real quick. <laughs> the leverage of Aaron Donald and the leverage of Dalton Schultz is completely different. There, ha- there was a, uh, a bit of a debate on Twitter yesterday, interestingly enough, about Dalton Schultz having leverage. I'll read a quick quote from Cole's article. He says, 
When you add in his production in Ninjoku's recently signed contract, Schultz has leverage. Additionally, there is very little proven depth behind Schultz on the roster, increasing his value to the Cowboys. So make sure you all check out AtoZSportsDallas.com um, for the rest of the article. And before we get into the State of the Unit, uh, let's kind of end the roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness with this leverage situation. We have to understand the definition of leverage, right? We're not saying that Dalton Schultz, or he's not saying that Dalton Schultz has Aaron Donald leverage or is Aaron Donald or, or what have you. But by definition of leverage, he has a little bit, but he also lost some as well. The little bit of leverage he has is that, like he said, what's behind me? Jake Ferguson? Ian Bunting, uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, like there's not a ton behind him. So, and, and so he can, and, and he doesn't have to report, which really ain't much leverage, but it's a little bit of leverage. There is some, he could hold out of camp, which would be silly to me and, and be fined. But I think he gave up a ton of that leverage when he signed the franchise tag, which his people probably said, yo, sign that. Now, that's $11 million. I don't know if we're going to get you $11 million on the market um, at that time. And then the market started to pick up a little bit. Other tight ends started to get paid. Uh, the Njoku deal happened. Uh, Jaseki got paid. I I personally think both sides can be true in the sense of... No, no, no. One side's true. He does have leverage. I'll say that. He does have some leverage. And it's the fact that they don't have anybody behind him. And he can, he can hold out if he wants. But <laughs> it would be a poor decision. Right? But he lost a lot of it as well when he signed that that uh, franchise tag tender. He did. So if you want to check out the rest of that article, you can. Good article by Cole Patterson on A2ZSportsDialist.com. It was a pretty, pretty big debate yesterday uh, on the show. Um, let's see. Professor O says Ferguson hasn't signed his deal either. That I did not know. And I believe that he has until for camp. If he's not signed before camp, he won't count against the, uh, 90 man roster, which by the way, just, just kind of throwing stuff out there. I think we're going to do once we get into that weird dead period, probably maybe a little bit before we're going to, we're going to rank this roster. From top to bottom. Now, I don't think we're going to include the the rookies because, I mean, we, we really can't. But we're going to do something fun with that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, rank this roster to get us through until we get to camp. Just kind of just popped in my head there. All right. Uh, let's see. Dude holding out. Dude's holding out like he's Kelsey. Listen, that's we talked about that yesterday. A little, the, that part of me is like, come on, man. What, who you think? Who do you think you are? I think you are, show. Um, I'm gonna try not to read that dude. What really are you contributing? I put this on the front office and this continues to show the dysfunction. Yep. We talked about that yesterday. And honestly, part of his leverage, you could argue is the front office and the way they've, they've maneuvered over the years. They've put themselves in this situation to give him this little bit of a lever, this little bit of leverage. And just by the way, they've been negotiating these type of deals and especially on the franchise tag. We saw the Dak Prescott get put on the franchise tag. We saw D-Law get put on the franchise tag. Hell, we can go back to Anthony Spencer when he got put on the franchise tag. There's a pattern, and that's why I said yesterday on Twitter, like this is this is standard negotiation practices in Dallas. 
standard. Hardly is it ever smooth sailing when it comes to these big money contracts. If your name is a Tyron Smith or Zach Martin, and even Zach Martin had a little bit of a hiccup. And, you know, one day he said, you know what? Yeah, I see y'all. I see y'all another week. And they're like, oh, wait, you for real? And then they got that deal done real quick because it's Zach Martin. It's Dalton Schultz. The odds of that happening are, are, are pretty slim to none, I think, uh, of him having the same amount of uh, weight as a guy like Zach Martin. So it's a it's an interesting topic, man. It truly is because there's two sides to it, and we'll talk about it all the way up until Pride Train Camp. CJ says, Scott, what do you think that what do you think we will do with that 22 million we just got back? Get the money, y'all. There's poor people around. <laughs> What's your Nothing. Last year, they went out and got uh, Malik Hooker. So maybe they'll go get another Malik Hooker this year. But evidence, data, has, has shown me they're not going to do anything with that bread from a franchise or from a uh, free agent standpoint. It doesn't seem like they're going to do that. Possibly they'll save it and they'll talk about how they have to pay Micah Parsons in three years. You know what I'm say, man? Let me say, what you broke. <laughs> All right, man, we got to get Los on the horn real quick, and then we'll jump into this state of the unit because I got a bone to pick with these digs, people, people that just continue to, 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 to get on digs. It's strange to me. I did some homework yesterday. I dove into the numbers. There's some interesting things, not just for digs, but the passing defense in general that I think are kind of going under the radar here because big networks and social media. So we'll get into that, but... Let's get Los on the horn right quick. What's up with you, Los? Good morning, Sky. Good morning. Good I know morning. I've been in my A, but I hope you've been good, man. I've, I have I been good, man. Real quick. So it's going to be in two minutes, I hope. So it, so Dalton Schultz should not get paid, and I swear it's going to tie in with uh, Trayvon Diggs. And if Cowboys haven't learned from Zeke, they're just full at this point using money overall and spend overspending the value in their think, you know, position in football. Because I truly believe the only player, you know, that should have been extended a long time before Zeke was Dak. And if it wasn't for that, we would have been having all these problems on and off the field. On the field because conspiracy, if you get paid, you're going to have to get the ball. And thinking every player that puts a star on their helmet deserves to get paid, I'm not saying they don't. But in my case, you got to show it to deserve it. You know what I'm saying, Sky? Hey, I, I, I listen, I, w- I don't want people to get this twisted. Just because I understand Schultz's move, I understand the reasonings of him doing this, does not mean I think that the Cowboys should cave and pay him upwards of $15-plus plus million a year. I don't view him as that kind of player. Um, so you can – both things can be true, right, Lopes? Like, you can be like, hey, dog, get your money. Right, get your money. But then you can also understand why the Cowboys wouldn't be wanting to do that for a tight end – in this offense, which really isn't isn't a feature position. So Bobby Belt talked about that a little bit yesterday. He said the Cowboys are plan are intending on keeping him for one year just so that it can be a smooth transition to the younger tight ends in twenty twenty three. They have no intentions on really paying him long term. Exactly. And then it ties in with Trevor Nick. There are gonna be greater playmakers 
on the defensive and maybe offensive side in the future that you're going to have to pay, especially Diggs. You know, he's going to try to back up for that Brinks truck. And if Michael continues on the trajectory that he's going, you know that we're definitely going to have to back up. Don't do that to me, Lowe. Can we not talk about Michael Parsons' contract? Can we not? One year. He's been in the league one year. If Schultz were to get paid, anybody were to get paid today, that contract has no bearing on Michael Parsons getting paid in 2020, what, six? When you, you know, you can extend him after year three, but you can also wait till after year five. So, or year four. So I I think it's goofy and to bring up, not you, because I think the franchise brought up Michael Parsons, but it's silly to bring up Michael Parsons' contract, bro. He played one year. It's just silly. So, yeah, so some of my whole take is, like, us as Cowboys fans, we got to know that this is not the Dallas Cowboys. These are the Jones Cowboys. And we can't dictate or influence them on who they think, you know. If they think they know football, they're just not going to be another say otherwise. But if they do sign Schultz long-term, it just shows me it's rinse and repeat every single time. And by January and February coming around, the front office comes up to the podium and gives us that bullseye of, hey, it's been a successful season. We got team building, et cetera. F that, you know, you're the effing Cowboys. You're the only the only expectation we should have year after year is make some playoff runs, and not just win a wild card game. In twenty plus years, guy, since the Cowboys made the NFC Championship, and in that meantime, the Rangers have been in two World Series, the Star have been in two Stanley Cups, the Mavericks have been in Western Conference Finals, and you know, it just feels like that's by culture and the makeup of a team. And man, if Cowboys a key influence, if Cowboys a key influencer for the decades to come, Sky, man, it's just you, you, you're the first one to say, it. you know, Cowboys do have to win in spite of Jones. But think clearly on stating that. That can be what other team builds that way, you know. So that's all I have to say, Sky. And indeed, appreciate you, those. Yeah, I've been saying that for a few years now, man. They, these boys got to win in spite of certain things. But, yeah, man, that, that Michael one just gets me because why are we bringing him up? Diggs, understandable. Lamb, understandable because you can technically pay them next year if you want to or after this season if you want to. Uh, but let's let's kind of focus more on Diggs in the cornerback position uh, before we jump back into, into the horn. What's the delusion today, Trip Aces? Thought. I love delusional thoughts, but Parsons playing five years on a rookie deal is top delusion today. What delusion is that? Who is saying Michael Parsons is going to play five years on his rookie deal? Even if you want to pay him after year three, that is two year, two seasons to go. Why are we bringing up Michael Parsons? Anyway, anyway, because it's a goofy conversation to have at this moment. We're talking about the cornerbacks today. We'll get back into that later on if y'all want to call into the line and talk about it. You can. 351 3787 is this cornerback unit underrated? It's something that I was kind of thinking about as we were getting this to go. And I went and did some more homework on not just individuals, but um, on the unit in general. And I think we kind of glossed over some of their production. Right? Some of their production from a past from a passing standpoint, obviously the chicken and egg conversation where you talk about pass rush versus versus coverage, et cetera, et cetera. We understand they both have to play um, together. But when you look at 
where they were pretty damn good. I mean, top five at, and even the pass touchdown percentage is not that bad, but completion percentage second in the league. Passer rating against second in the league. Passing touchdowns per game, fifth in the league. Incompletions per game, first. And then passing touchdown percentage, 13th. You really don't see a lot of that being talked about, and we all know why. Because, I mean, I got the two players here on the screen. They seem to be the hot-button players on the defensive side of the ball for different reasons. Diggs is Diggs, all pro, but people believe he's overrated, which is wild. And Anthony Brown, people just absolutely think he's trash. I, I don't I don't think that's true for either of these dudes. I think there is a, a happy medium for both, but I think when it comes to Diggs, we all should be super excited about this kid. But when you look at this, I think a lot of people tend to forget how solid the passing defense was last year overall. Now, in spurts, it's a passing league. And listen, they, these, these aren't all, all pros across the board. But when you look at the room in general, and we'll go through all of these guys on an individual basis. When you look at this room and you go across the league, there may be a few teams that have two top end cornerbacks you know and and some people will argue this too but is Xavier Howard and, and a Byron Jones type of situation both getting paid two top end dollars but as a total unit one through four you know or three or four it's hard to find three to four guys that you're, you're you can believe in and count on to go out there and give you solid production there, there's maybe a handful of teams that have that I think Dallas is one of them. I think Dallas is one of them. And I think they have the ability to get better. Now, let's kind of talk about the one guy that a lot of fans, NFL fans, and, and PFF. I mean, PFF seems to believe is overrated, and that's Trayvon Diggs. We got to start the unit off with Trayvon Diggs. When you have an all-pro season, when you do something that hasn't been done in 40 years, that's who we need to talk and focus on. And for whatever reason, man, <laughs> if you did one of those blind tests or whatever, or you just came on earth and you were told about the game of football and somebody told you, hey, man, this cornerback had 52 tackles, 21 pass breakups, 11 interceptions, two touchdowns return." 52% completion when thrown at, 55.8 quarterback rating when targeted. I think you'd be like, damn, that's pretty damn good. What's the problem? Oh, he allowed the most yards in the league. Okay, but did he allow the most touchdowns? No, 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 no. Was he like, give up a whole lot of touchdowns? No. What, well, was were the touchdowns like backbreakers? Did he give up game winners? Nah, no. Um, did he drop crucial interceptions? Was he getting cooked by all these number one wide receivers? Nah. Uh, was he a liability? No. Then what the hell's the problem with Trayvon Diggs in this season? <laughs> I know what it is. We allowed PFFs of the world, social medias of the world, to turn Trayvon Diggs' season upside down. Go check out KD Drummond's article 
I cannot remember what it is. Professor O, if you have it, you can drop it too. But he did a phenomenal, I don't want to say comparison, but he put it in layman's terms. People that are saying, oh, he gave up 1,000 yards, which depending where you look, PFF says 1,000. Uh, PFR says 900-something. Which Either way, he allowed the most yards in 2021. But let's kind of dive into some of the numbers in regards to the touchdowns and the yards or what have you. PFF credited Diggs with five touchdowns that he gave up. Five of them. PFR credited him with four. Whatever. Let's let's kind of review these touchdowns very quick. At Washington, remember where he got kind of mossed by uh was it Sims? The Cowboys were up 24 to nothing. Heineke scrambles away, almost gets sacked, sacked by Micah Parsons, I believe, and heaves it up, and Sims make a fantastic catch. They score. 24-8 is a score. Cowboys end up winning. New Orleans. Cowboys are up 27-10. to There's about two minutes left in the game. Their Cowboys are in prevent defense. Taysom Hill throws a little short pass to Deontay Harris, who does all this razzle-dazzle running around, makes people misses, and he scores 70 yards. But because Diggs is the guy that's lined up across from him and he makes people miss, he gets credited for the tutty and the 70 yards. Final score of that game, 27-10. New England. We all know the crazy sequence in New England. He gets to pick six and on the next play. Uh, it looks like he's expecting help from KZ. Mac Jones throws it up, 75-yard touchdown. Diggs is like, yo, what's good? Depending on who you talk to, they'll have different answers on, on, on who that was on. KZ says it's on him. Diggs says it's on him. Both try to take the blame for one another. And Quinn kind of said, you know, hey, both of them. You know, gave the PC answer. Oh, both of them. I think the only two touchdowns that, A, mattered, and you can say were squarely on him, both at the same time, were the Broncos in the Vikings game. Versus Tim Patrick, they pulled a, well, they tried to pull a double move on Trayvon Diggs, and it really didn't work. Diggs was still in phase. Diggs was still in, in good coverage. Got his head around. Tim Patrick, you know, used his big physical body, shielded off Diggs, and Teddy Bridgewater put it in the bucket and touchdown. Cool, that's on you, Diggs. Like, you, you know, you got beat, you got a touchdown. Happens. Then the one against Minnesota where they took advantage of Diggs' aggressiveness early in the game. Kubiak, uh, I think he made an excellent play call. He was faking the screen. Thielen sold the block. Diggs jumped and Thielen came over the top for the pitch and catch touchdown. Great play design. And it was part of that first 15 where I think most other teams have a better first 15 than the Cowboys do. So, hey, that's on you, Diggs. That's on you. But overall, when we go back and look at and we dive inside these numbers, Cowboys are 4-1 in those games that PFF credited Diggs with the touchdowns. We just rattled off five of the touchdowns. Three of the five didn't really matter. Or actually, one I don't really put on him, which was the uh, Patriots game. In those games where he allowed a touchdown, the, the Cowboys gave up 22 points per game. 
and they were seventh in the league at 21 points per game in general. When Diggs did get an interception, the Cowboys scored 44 points off of those interceptions, something that the PFFs of the world do not want to tell you. They don't want to tell you that the Cowboys capitalized on almost every single one of those interceptions. In fact, I'll, I'll say this. I think I wrote it down here. The only games they did not capitalize on the interceptions of Diggs, uh, week two against L.A., they didn't score any points. Uh, and then against the New York Giants and the New Orleans Saints, they scored no points. And if you remember, the Giants and Saints game was towards the end of the year where the offense was just weird. Other than that, of his 11 interceptions, eight times they capitalized, whether it be Diggs scoring a touchdown or the offense scoring a touchdown. So when people try to tell you all this stuff about Trayvon Diggs this season, if you A, just go back and watch, and B, dive into the numbers, you'll see it was a fantastic season. Now, was it a perfect season? No, 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 no. It wasn't a perfect season. Um, he's got to work on that aggressive nature, right? Time and get a little bit better. But we have to remember... He's in year, he was in year two. Year two. When Jalen Ramsey's of the world are, are, are holding you as one of the best cornerbacks in the league, but Joe Schmo Romo fan for life, 62999, with no picture on Twitter, is saying this dude is overrated and a bum and gets cooked. Who you think I'm going to sit here and listen to? Joe Schmo 6999 Romo Stan or Jalen Ramsey. And there's plenty of other people like that. Now, where the Cowboys pass defense in general and digs um, could, could stand to get better from a statistical standpoint is the yards per completion. They ranked at the bottom of the league in that. I think somewhere around 29th. And Diggs, I think, gave up the most yards per completion due to some of those big plays being credited to him. Um, but in, in the big, the, the bombs, the heaves, I think the one against the Washington football people comes to mind at the end of the year. The the Tim Kirkpatrick or Tim Patrick pass, the 70-yard Dante Harris. All these are, are given to Diggs, by the way. Um, the 75-yard touchdown against the Patriots. Those are going to take that number through the roof because they're 75 yards, 70 yards, 50 yards, 50 yards. Like Those are huge uh, pass plays. So they could stand and get better from a statistical standpoint in that. And from an individual standpoint, Diz can, can stand to get better as a tackler. He got worse, I think, last year than he did in his first year. So there's room for improvement. But think about that for a second. There's room for an improvement on your second year corner who was an all pro. I say that's a pretty damn good year. I say that's a pretty, you should be really excited about this cat, man. And you've got a lot of fans on Twitter. You got, you got a lot of Cowboy fans who, for whatever reason, just look at this dude as another run-of-the-mill cornerback. Um, I saw the term, he's a, a make-or-break corner. Make-or-break corners don't hold quarterback passer ratings to 55. Don't give up less than 53% completion. Because you're basically saying either it's a it's a big play on Diggs or it's a big or uh, big play for Diggs or Diggs is giving up the catch. I mean, he's clearly not giving up catches at a high rate. So I'm just saying, Lemitra, I can't control the bots 
that's I mean I I can I can do what I can do, but that's why I gave a whole bunch of these wrenches out and 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 it looks like you guys are handling. It. So I appreciate it. Uh I'll go back in here and see what's going on. Man, I talked too much trash on them. They came back in here. I said I gave all these wrenches out and we was good and look they done came back. So, I I wasn't in the chat when all this was going down as I was breaking down digs. I didn't want to stop and go. But I'll get back in the chat and see what you guys have to say about uh, Trayvon Diggs. I'm not just I'm not just saying this, man. There are a lot of fans who don't believe in this dude and think that his season wasn't all that. So I'm just curious how y'all feel about it. Chuck P says that yardage bullcrap is overrated. He had 11 picks. I totally agree. I, I we said this before about Dak, and I'm gonna say it about Diggs. Since when did we start pushing around? Yards on cornerbacks as the number one statistic. If if before the season happened, if we wanted to the season to say, hey, yo, you got a corner that's going to have 11 interceptions, two return for touchdowns. He's going to be responsible for 44 points, being a part of 44 points for your, your offense or your scoring offense or whatever. He's going to give up four touchdowns and he's going to lead the league in yards giving up. But your team, your defense, your turnovers are going to skyrocket. You probably be like, yeah, I take that. But then when it's the Cowboys, you know how that go. Man, these bots is crazy in here, but I appreciate y'all. Uh, we got a couple callers on the line. Let me get to those in a second. And let's see what y'all saying in here. Sky, what if the front office is the one fueling the hate to drive his price down? Uh-oh, that is Tim Foyle hat. That is Tim Foyle hat. I don't think we're quite there yet. But if next year, say Diggs gives up like top five yards in the league again, don't be surprised if somebody out, out of Cowboys land says, oh, yeah, he gets interceptions, but yards. Um, The media sees us Cowboy fans beating our chest about Diggs and they're creating excuses, reasons to shut us up. Yet they want to overhype Bradbury and Slay from the Eagles. Man, I'll take Diggs all day and tomorrow. Diggs only been playing cornerback for about five years, period. He's growing. Yeah. Yeah. Man, these bots is crazy in here. Oscar says, I just hope Diggs continues to play with that hunger with the older brother that he has. I have no doubt. Diggs has a work ethic, I think, you know, out of the facility, you know, when he's with his brother. And his brother, you know, is always going to push him. So I appreciate their their sibling rivalry. But it's really not even a rivalry. It's, it's sibling love. Uh, you can see it in his personal life off out of the star. Uh, Swain said, let's not forget that this wasn't a stat until digs. Exactly. Exactly. All right, man, let's get back into the, to the horns. I think B bird came through earlier. The dropped out, came back in. So let's get B bird on. What's up, OG. Hey, what's happening, man. Appreciate the show this morning, bro. No problem, man. Appreciate you calling in as always. What's up with you? Hey, so with uh, I think you've heard me say this before um, that if Skip uh, Shannon and uh, Stephen A couldn't talk about LeBron and the Cowboys, their show would only be twenty minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly believe that because they bring up the Cowboys just for no reason on that because that's just they know that it, that it drives the numbers. Drives numbers. Here's another thing that drives numbers: keeping Cowboys players off list. 
because what ends up happening now, people are cowboy fans are going crazy. Like, why? Why is this person off the list? Why is that? Or oh yeah, talking negatively of a cowboy player. And so even like when they do like top twenty five under you know uh, top players under twenty five, no cowboys on there. That's 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 done intentionally, man. Well, the so one can, so, so the one picture you're talking about. Right so apparently Micah and Diggs and Lamb were on there, but they purposefully took those numbers out of that picture to do exactly what you said. If the picture's not there, because yeah. a lot of people won't notice that the numbers don't add up. If the picture's not there immediately, Cowboy fans, whoa, what's going on? Why ain't Mike up here? And yeah. then boom, it's getting retweeted. It's getting talked about. It's getting engagement. The you know, We know the trick now. The gig is up. Yeah. <clears throat> and I try to spread that to everybody, man. Uh, because it's, it, you know, it's just a stick that uh, you know those guys do with, uh, on the morning shows uh, as far as Skip and Shannon and uh, Stephen A. That's just a stick, man. Those guys... Uh, they may believe some of that stuff, but they really go all in on each other's side just for, for good debating and, and good entertainment. That's all it is, is entertainment. So I am far beyond entertainment with Cowboys. I just like information, man. You let me dissect it the way I want to. Right, right. Well, Hey, so I I, I did. I got, a, I got a story, and I won't be long on this one, man, if you don't mind. No, um, never. Never mind your stories, with... B-Bird. Oh, okay. So, so I was in basic training. I actually served in the military, uh, did a tour in uh, Desert Storm. So did but my father. Basic, yeah. basic, oh, cool. So in basic training, man, what they do, they set you, you know, they set the platoons up or whatever, and, um, you know, you'll have competitions against each other. And so I was, uh, my platoon leader, like, we'd go against this other company, and this, this other company, I mean, excuse me, this other platoon, this other platoon had swag, if, if you get what I mean. You know what I'm saying? They was, they was cocky. And so um, they were winning all the, uh, you know, the PT, uh, the shooting, accuracy, and just everything. They would win all the time. And, Opportunity to kept telling us, hey, man, don't worry about it. They won't win. They won't win in the end. We'll win in the end. Man, we just kind of did the traditional stuff that everybody did. And so when it came down to it at the end, uh, they kicked our butt anyway. And so what what the deal was, I thought about that, um, and I said, well, you know, we was doing it every way that, you know, that the right way. We did it the way that traditionally had been done. But these other guys were kind of, you know, they was all over the place, but they were good, you know what I'm saying? But what it was was those guys, they were unconventional, but they still had basics in them, right, in, in what they were doing. Right. And, and here's the biggest thing. We didn't have a plan. Our plan was to watch them fail. We waited on them to fail, and they never did. And so what the Cowboys and the rest of the league are doing is waiting on the Rams to fail. They don't have a plan, man. They're saying there's no way they can do this. And the Rams saying, no, y'all been thinking about this thing altogether different. Y'all putting too much emphasis on, on people that are unproven for cheapness. And we're trying to win now. Y'all do this in the future. Uh, yeah, Cowboys, you're going to be good winning. In 2027, mm. okay, we'll, we'll, we'll win all the ones up until then. And so what they're doing is they're winning now, and they'll worry about that other stuff when it comes. Um, you know, we have players that are high played. We got a, 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 a Dak Prescott. But we also got a Michael Parsons who's not. We got a Zeke, but we also have a CD who's not. We have guys that are paid a lot, and then we got guys that are good. Uh, we got um, uh, Diggs who's not. The Rams have nobody that's of impact that's that's being paid low. So really, we should have an advantage over them, but we don't. And so what what I'm trying to say is, I think the rest of the league and especially the Cowboys are laughing at at the Rams saying, "Yeah, it won't last long." And we know what they're doing; they're doing just like that platoon that beat us. They just they just winning all awards. Why why y'all saying that? And so, man, I just want to kind of just 
I just wanted to kind of just say that, man, and put that out there. I think the Rams are being unconventional, and I think you have to kind of be unconventional to kind of, uh, uh, you know, do something against the grain. And then that way you take this league by storm, man. And then by, before everybody knows and catch up with what you're doing, that's no different than what we did as the Cowboys and Jimmy Johnson when they came in with the new draft board, uh, Jimmy coming out of college, knowing all the college talent. And we we were different than everybody else. And, and we won because we were different. We evaluated talent different than everybody else caught on to that. But what the Rams are doing, I applaud that, man, because it's diametrically opposed to what we're doing. And they've been successful. And to be honest with you, it just throws it right in Stephen Jones's face. Now, we got $23 million to get better. And we got a team over here that's that's putting out money over here and they're winning Super Bowls or being competitive every year. And, and we're not. And he could say, hey, it won't last long, and it, it'll come back to bite them, but win. And, 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 and is that what we're – is that our plan, that they'll fail? You know, I don't like that plan, man. But anyway, I had to get that off my chest, man. And, uh, and I'll talk to you later, brother. D-Bird, thank you for the words, brother. Thank you for the words. Excellent, excellent analogy. Have a good day, bro. Mm, 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 mm. I just got to – I'm pulling that out later, by the way. That is getting pulled. Because that analogy was on point. The Cowboys are waiting for the NFL or the Rams to fail. And if you go back and you listen to Stephen Jones, and I'm going to try to find this, this, this audio from it and plug it in right together because it's exactly what he just said. Stephen Jones said something, and I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, the Rams won a Super Bowl, and they did it by going all in. But, you know, eventually, got to pay the piper. And, and, and I've, I've seen Stephen Jones' disciples come on this channel and kind of share that same energy. And I'm like, y'all are completely missing the point. You're completely glossing over the thing you do the all-in for, the aggressiveness for. And it's the damn Super Bowl. I don't know how many times I got to say it. Uh, we talked about it at nauseum during free agency, after the Rams won, before the Rams won, because we talked about how the Bengals also, you know, were, were utilizing some of that uh, Rams in them, not, not as aggressive. But the way that B-Bird just dropped that analogy with this platoon doing things unorthodox and getting results, but also having some fundamentals within their unorthodox approach. Man, it's just fantastic. I mean, just a fantastic call B bird. And it just sums up. It just sums up how I feel about this, about this organization in regards to the totality of team building and trying to actually win a Super Bowl. And again, I don't, I don't mean to dive, you know, go off topic here with the state of the unit but i can't get over that it, i think it was just fantastic analogy and it makes all the sense in the world all the sense in the world so stephen jones disciples please please i would i urge you to call into this show and combat what was just said and tell me why that's wrong and tell me why the approach that stephen is doing is the right approach i don't think it is thus putting more pressure on the players and coaches to overcome front office and i digress what a bar let me let's take a quick little break and, and, and talk about uh this week's ride of the week then we'll get back into the horns 
And we're going to try to speed through the rest of this because I can already tell we're going to get some good calls today. We're going to get some good calls today. This week's ride of the week is the 2022 Mazda 3 hatchback for buyers with a champagne taste, but not a sparkling or with a sparkling cider budget. 2022 Mazda 3 delivers a premium package at a normal compact car price. Uh, it's offered both as a sedan and hatchback. It can be equipped with optional all-wheel drive and a punchy turbo engine and enough upscale features to be taken seriously. It has all the modern update features as we talked about. So give Freeman Mazda a visit or visit freemanmazda.net for more information. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. So I love y'all. You're the best, man. Y'all the best. Welcome back to A to Z Sports Live. Make sure y'all hit that subscribe button if you haven't. Hit up A to Z Sports Dallas.com if you miss out on the shows or some articles you want to check out. We've got some talented, fantastic writers over here. Cole, Moe, uh, Lennox, just Shane. We're continuing to grow. We're continuing to grow. Appreciate y'all. All you do. His disciples are the youth. <laughs> One day, I'm going to get Stephen White to call in here. Stephen White? Stephen White? We want you. Nah, I'm not going to do that. For all the wrestlers, y'all know who it is. Hogan? <laughs> Let me get set it off, Chris. He know what I'm talking about. Hogan? <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> What's up? Hey, man. Hey, man, you remember the first time you heard uh, brush your shoulders off. The first time you heard that beat drop, mm. right? When you brush your shoulders off, right? That's how I feel, right? Yeah. When you heard that, right? That's exactly how I feel coming up behind B Bird when he just dropped that that bar oh that he gosh. just. I mean, I'm like, my face is scrunched. Like, oh, that was nasty. I, I, bro, Dude, bro, B I was. The- I was legi- I was dang. hoping I was hoping B Bird just kept going. I would legitimately sat back here, drank my coffee, and this would have been the A to Z Sports Show, you know, hosted by B Bird and being chilling and being B cool. B Bird, just oh man, dang! I mean, I was like, I felt like I was watching Glory Year and Part with Ed the Campfire. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, well, no, he was, he was, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh God, dang! But let, let's stay on topic. Let's okay. stay on topic today. Okay. Hey, hey, tell me something, Scott. What's more important, to- defensive total yards or defensive scoring? Scoring. Like how many points the defense allows? Scoring, right? Yes. That's most important, right? Yep. So my question is, going back to what somebody said earlier, nobody cared about how many yards the defensive back gave up. A couple of years ago, we were just begging somebody to get interceptions. Byron Jones would be on this football team. Well, he probably would have priced himself out like Diggs is going to end up doing but Byron, we care more about Byron Jones getting interceptions. We didn't care how many passes he knocked down. Yeah. But now you get the culmination of pass deflections, interceptions, playmaking, swag. I mean, but Diggs is everything you've asked for. 
everything you've asked for from this football team to get a cornerback like that and to get him in the second round and on top of that to get your number one wide receiver in the first round of that same draft. You know, <laughs> you bring up Byron Jones, and it, it, it just goes to show you the how our fan base can be a bit fickle in the sense that we, like you said, most of us, including me, and I like Byron. I, I was kind of advocating for Byron because I'm like, all right, man, if we at least we got a lockdown guy, if we can get somebody that can get interceptions on the other side, cool. But we were all like, right. yo, Byron, we need to get more interceptions. A lot of people were saying, you need to get more interceptions if we want to pay you. Now Dallas gets a guy that right. gets more interceptions. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Now. Oh, he give it to him. He give it to me, y'all. <laughs> Right, he give it to me. So, yeah, you're right. That's going to get echoed when it comes back to the end of the year, when it comes time to pay this guy that he gives up to me. Yeah. But going back to the city union of, of the defensive backfield, I know we don't like Anthony Brown. A lot of fans don't like Anthony Brown. But you cannot negate the fact that he has really been better coming in. He was better in the slot, and he was forced to play outside. But also going back to – the defensive back coach that came with not not George Edwards. Who's the other defensive back coach we talked about a couple of months he's, back? Who uh, oh, every, Joe everywhere Witt. he's went? Yeah, Joe Witt. I think with the addition of Joe Witt, that even helped him, and that's going to help with the other guys that are behind him. You know, we've all talked about Chauncey Odigizua. We talked about Neville. We haven't talked about Nation Wright. And Nation Wright having the ability to come in with this offseason is very quiet. Nobody said nobody's asked about him. You know, I, I think when you had, you know, uh, when you had Bobby Bell on or somebody, next time you talk to one of those constituents you had, how's he looking out there? Because I think he helps, God forbid, uh, Kelvin that, Joseph. Uh, Kelvin Joseph. I'm, yeah, boss man fat. I'm going to still call him boss man fat. I understand he made a mistake with Dad Gunner. We all done made him. He's still, he's still an amazing hey, talent. Man, Bad decision making. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Amazing, amazing talent. Just bad decision making. But if he ends up losing a half a season, if Nishan Wright can come in and play and play the corner, the outside corner, and you can move the more experienced and better player of Anthony Bell in the slot, that really puts you in a better situation altogether, man. So, uh, you know, all this stuff about what we have to pay guys in the future, we already know how the Joneses deal when it comes to money. We're seeing it again. They, 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 they don't. Yeah, we, we know how they handle it. And I've said this to you before. The day that when Steven is in full charge of all the bread, yeah, that's going to be the day we all going to be in trouble. Because, like you said, man, what the Rams are doing, Rams are only doing what the Cowboys did 25 years, 25, 28 years ago. That's what they did. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, man, I'm going to just chill and listen to the show, man. With much love to all the whole nation, man. Love all y'all. And uh, I'll continue to listen to the show. Talk to you later, bro. Appreciate you, Chris. Enjoy the rest of your day, brother. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to touch on, uh, that's the ride of the week. We're going to touch on Nation Wright a little bit. Not a whole lot, because not a whole lot to say, uh, but... Um, we'll dive into him as well. I do remember Clarence Hill stating there's been nothing notable about right um, so far. That that could change. And it looks like the cornerback room is a cornerback room. And he, he talked about A.B. And listen, we'll go real quick on A.B. because we kind of dove into him a little bit uh, in detail last week or two weeks ago. But hey, <laughs> You know, these guys had career years. Anthony Brown, J. Lou, Diggs all had career years. Joe Witt's in town. They keep the co- the same coordinators. I-, I just think that these dudes can, at the very least, now for Diggs, it's going to be tough, but at the very least, maintain the, the production that they had. Uh, but 
I think one thing about Anthony Brown that yesterday, again, when I was prepping and, and doing things, I ran across a couple Diggs interviews. And then I, I remember, I think it was Quentin Bohanna. We had Quentin Bohanna on the show. Diggs last year said Anthony Brown is like a big brother to me. Bohanna said Anthony Brown is the big homie. And, and these are things that, as fans, we look at these guys from the outside, but when you when you listen to the players on the inside, maybe the value of Anthony Brown stretches beyond what he does on the field. And I know you might say, well, what has A.B. Been done to, to be that dude? I think it's it's a different situation when you've been around for seven years. Right? Now, A.B. hasn't been at the top of the mountaintop. Not at all. In fact, I was calling for a guy that's been at that top of the mountaintop to come in and be big bruh for some of these dudes. But when you don't do that, there's got to be a big bruh. And Anthony Brown is the big bruh in the room, and these guys respect him. So I, or we, no matter how much we don't like him, we can't knock that aspect of AB and what he means to some of these dudes in that locker room. Uh, you saw it sometimes in the, uh, what do you call it, when they do the sounds of the sideline. These dudes were so happy for Anthony Brown anytime he got an interception or made a play. Um, and they talked glowingly of him outside of that. And I know you could say, well, you could say that about everybody. Well, they ain't saying that about everybody. So I think that is a, just a little nugget about AB that, that matters inside that locker room. But on the field, I mean, you saw it targeted. 78 quarterback rating when targeted, and he was targeted top three or four in the league. Three interceptions, 17 pass breakups. He had a solid season. And, you know, I think one of the more underrated things about uh, Anthony Brown is his tackling. At least last year. I, I think last year he, he kind of improved his tackling. But if you go back and just look in total, he's never been a poor tackler. But he had his moments where he'd be like, oh, come on, what are we doing? That's like, you know, being a chihuahua chasing the ankles. But, you know... He's made he made some stops, some good stops last year. This is just a Minnesota game I'm just throwing up here, but I think Anthony Brown in this Minnesota game was one of his better games because he was matched up on Thielen, he was matched up on Jefferson, and he was really damn solid in this game. Now we could find the plays he got beaten, all that stuff, but I'll harken back to what I said earlier in the show. You're just not going to have pro bowlers across the, the defensive backfield in regards to corners. So if you got one like an Anthony, if you got one like a Trayvon Diggs, then I just need that dude on the other side to be solid. And I think A.B. was solid. I think A.B. was solid, Cowboys Nation. So, again, Anthony Brown going into year seven, last year of the deal, which is, which is also, also interesting, by the way. Maybe this is something we'll have a conversation about um, towards the end of the year, middle of the season, maybe maybe a, a progress report at, at the break in the season. What if A.B. has another good year? What if A.B. improves on his, on his year from last year? That'll be a very interesting conversation to have because then we're going to not only look at A.B., but guess who we're going to look at? Calvin Joseph. And we'll get to him in, in a second. Uh, Kel says AB average at best. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, 